Hi everyone, welcome to this renewed format and episode of our Poolside podcast. So I'm thrilled to have you listening to an engaging conversation about the dynamic world of PR and marketing in the Web3 space. My name is Jan, I'm the CMO at Poolside, I'm based in Belgium, and I'm joined by two remarkable experts in the field. I have Martina here from Serotonin and Nadav from Chainwire. Martina is the director of PR at Serotonin and Nadav, the CEO of Chainwire. And together we'll be diving deeper into everything Web3, PR and marketing related, exploring its relevance, strategies, challenges, and much more. So Martina and Nadav, thank you so much for being here and let's start with a quick quick round of introductions from yourself i personally always like to hear the stories of how you fell in the crypto rabbit hole and also where you're calling from so martina feel free to to start of course thank you for having me um Martina, uh, PR director at Serotonin. Um, my focus at Serotonin is on running PR campaigns um, across the portfolio of our clients. Um, I've been in PR and in, in, in crypto PR specifically for around two years now. Um, but yeah, always been in, always been in PR. Uh, I first learned about crypto or, or blockchain actually through interest, interestingly, from my work with financial services. Um, and, and fintech uh, clients who were, you know, on the mission to help solve inefficiencies um, in our current system. And that's where, you know, it really clicked for me that, you know, everyone should be using uh, or building things on top of public blockchain. And it's like literally no brainer. Um, so I started digging, you know, and, and learning more about the technology and the space. And around that time, um, I was at the biggest, PR um, agency, a global agency. And I somehow managed to convince my bosses to pitch and eventually win uh, our first cryptocurrency client. Um, it was a well-known crypto exchange. Um, and- What was that? Can you, can you disclose or not? Yeah, it was a it was Kraken exchange. Okay, nice. Okay, still around. That's good. <laughs> yes, love that team. Uh, have a lot of respect for them. And actually, you know, through that work, I realized that, you know, I want to work exclusively with clients that are operating and building things in, in Web3. Um, so, yeah, that's basically how I kind of found my calling. Nice. And two years in crypto PR must feel like you've seen, yeah, you've seen it all. The ups, the downs. Um, and you're still <laughs> yeah. around, you still like it, right? I mean, I, yeah, I have counted a few gray hair uh, on my head. So <laughs> I guess the two years felt longer um, than, than what it seems when you say that out loud. But yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. And I, you know, since I made um, the leap into, into crypto space, I never looked back. I never thought about like going back to tech or fintech or working with financial services. So I think that's telling. Cool. Thanks. You, Nadav? Yeah, so uh, for me, um, it's kind of similar to Martina in the sense that I've been doing marketing and PR for the past uh, maybe 10 years, maybe even more. Uh, I started out uh, with a very small agency, I mean, that I founded together with uh, uh, two, two partners. We founded an agency that does a lot of uh, SaaS marketing. So we would have a lot of clients and uh, we, we were doing things like PR campaigns, content marketing, SEO, and whatnot. Um, and then uh, around uh, 
2011, one of my best friends told me about something called Bitcoin and he says you should totally check it out. It's very cool. That's right. And this guy was very successful already and he was kind of like my mentor, to be honest. And uh, I checked it out and uh, he told me I have to get in. So I did. That was um, like maybe 12 years ago. And uh, it's it's a it's a bittersweet story um, because I bought my first Bitcoin when I think it was like ninety dollars or something, and I, I bought, you know, I, I love the technology and I, I was really into it and uh, had a few good good Bitcoins, good amount, and uh, I stole them in an exchange that called that's called Empty Gox. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. <laughs> And uh, I was, yeah, and I was sure that, you know, things are smooth and great. <laughs> and then a couple of years after the, the exchange was hacked and uh, unfortunately I lost all of my Bitcoins. So I always say that, um, you know, I bought Bitcoin early, but it doesn't mean <laughs> that I have a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah, no, but jokes aside, I mean, this is a true story, but uh, jokes aside, af- after that, I, I, you know, I just thought that uh, it's a great technology and I'm in it for the long term and um, I, I, I made, like made peace with it and I focused on my career, you know, as a, a marketing and PR and, uh, you know, been, been, been here ever since, so about 10 years, if not more. Wow. That's that nice. short story. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. I, I love that you're both like a bit of geeks, but also very good with communication. So that's a very nice like melting pot of uh, of, of two cool things that we have here. Uh, all all the same. Um, yeah, let's go in, into the topic, Web3 and PR. Maybe Martina, if you, uh, if you want to start, very simple question. Um, yeah, what well, could you share your insights on why PR is crucial in Web3 and how it's different from the experience that you have in a, in a more traditional industry? Sure. Um, here is what's totally not different about Web2 and Web3 approaches to PR. Um, first of all, it's finding and building relevance via storytelling. So nailing your brand narrative and positioning. And number two is the ability to communicate that effectively with various stakeholders over and over again, whether things are going well or whether things are going bad. Um, So that's your proactive, reactive, and crisis comes. Um, So being in Web3 doesn't mean you can't afford to overlook those two crucial and and essentially fundamental functions um, when it comes to to PR. Again, I've been in different industries and those things just like you can't compromise on that if you want to have a strong um, uh, PR function. What I would say is different is that in Web3, the traditional categories of a company, investor and consumer are collapsing into one category that we like to call communities. Um, so that's the key difference in the model, which then influence how we will think about um, various executions. Um, so actually in Web3, I would say you move away from top-down control um, and in, in marketing departments, and that, that includes PR. And that means you need to be very sensitive to who your community are. Um, and essentially, you know, you can't have... 
um, comms and marketing work in silo and decide that, you know, we are this without kind of testing if that feels true to the group of people who are already building or who are already your brand. Um, so we, we kind of learned that early that it's about paying attention to um, to what's going on organically in your community and, and figuring figuring out how to blow you know oxygen on those sparks and give people tools, resources so that they can help um, you know carry your message um, effectively. Nice, yeah, really interesting. And um, like for you, Nada, because earlier when we were speaking about uh, founders being anonymous in the space, is that also like a big difference? And and do you have like some examples on how for you and clients that you advised, how Web3 PR is, is way different than traditional PR? Yeah, I, th I think that's a good question. And that's probably, from my experience, one of the only niches that uh, people even uh, quote-unquote dare to be anonymous. Um, I can't think of any other niche, like, I don't know, anything related to cybersecurity. Um, I mean, founders of startups and, and companies or anything in travel, lifestyle and whatnot, they, they, there's no such thing as being anonymous. Um, so I'll talk about that in a second. I just wanted to add to what Martina said that I think uh, she's right in saying that there's a lot of similarities, right, between... Uh, marketing a tech company because at the end of the day uh, a crypto startup is like a tech company and it's uh, you know the same method methodology applies to to creating pr campaigns and just like general marketing campaigns um, um the only thing i will say is that um the way i see it is is when a a crypto startup has a token in a way it's kind of like a public company that ipo'd Right, and so the, mm -hmm. one of the other differences in this in in this whole like marketing uh, realm for publicly traded companies is the fact that they have to be careful also with what they have to say, and they have you know token which is traded, so they have more restrictions and they have more liabilities and stuff like that. And of course, there's like the community part. So um, you know when you're promoting a, uh, a crypto startup or any other startup without a, a token. It's a private company in a way, and when it's traded, it's uh, it's a whole nother game. You need to take care of more things. You need investor relations. You need to talk to your community more often. So that's uh, that's one thing. And about the anonymity, um, you know, for platforms like Chainwire or for agencies like Serotonin, I think it, it makes. Uh, I don't know, Martina. You know, you, you, you say from your experience, but it makes. Uh, marketing a bit harder, uh, at, at least the way I see it, because, um, you know, journalists from high credible publications would always want to verify the identity of the person and they would want to speak with him on video. And also the community itself would much rather know who, who is leading, you know, this company. So mm -hmm. I find that, um, of course, we can market you know, anonym, uh, anonymous projects, but it's not as effective as, as others. Yeah. 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 In, in my personal experience, at least. Yeah, I agree. Just, just to add to that, you know, people follow people. Um, the easiest way to kind of check, uh, check that out is go on a, 
on Twitter and see how many, how people engage with corporate accounts versus how people engage with the founders, CEOs, the active voices um, within the same company, right? So uh, I, I totally agree. Um, people want to hear from real people. Um, and when it comes to crypto or web free space, media isn't ready for that kind of new form of nicknames and anonymous founders and not ha like, uh, you know, having to quote someone without attribution. Um, so I think that's a, that's a challenge that as a marketers, as a PR people, we, we have to kind of overcome if, um, you happen to work with a DAO that just is, um, you know, set it that way and, and would like refuse to give you a spokesperson with a face. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then you have to be really creative also. So you have to think yeah. about something else and you have to mm. uh, get out of, of the box. And uh, of course, you know, we, we can do it, but we always recommend if it's not mandatory, let's let's show, you mm. know, the identities. Jeez. Yeah, and you have yeah, to like manage expectation, right? Yeah, you have to manage expectation and kind of make it very like clear to to the company that you work with, like what type, what kind of limitation that creates, um, and how this can impact your results, right? So if someone really wants to be, um, you know, uh, on the broadcast, probably with the avatar and and the nickname, that's going to be very difficult to secure. Um, but if we have a spokesperson that we can run an executive campaign for. Um, you know, that's more likely that we can get you on a, uh, you know, on a tech show and a broadcast and stuff like this. So I think it's about like, also like, you know, managing expectation with a client of like what's possible, um, if we don't have what yeah. we, uh, what we need or what we recommend having. Yeah, no, no, it makes total sense. And, I, and another thing that we didn't talk about yet, uh, and another big difference for me that I experienced as a marketer in web three versus my time in web two is that uh, that that 24 7 thing so the community is always there the telegram is always active discords are always active and there's always something new or something happening in the space um and that is for me like a real struggle to be up to date on everything always is there anything like how do you as as pr agency and services how do you keep up on everything is that having a big team or is that just yeah, the way that you organize your uh, your desktop, or what can I learn from that? I mean, look, a web free is a young and evolving ecosystem, right? So it will include technology, solutions, applications we can't anticipate today, um, and we need to come to peace with the fact that there's always going going to be more to know and learn, and just be open and flexible so that we can literally learn on the fly. Um, that's how I kind of came to term uh, with the fact that like, damn, I'm always, I always feel like I'm behind. But as for tips, I would say, you really need to find your focus and then prioritize. Um, to give you an example, um, I can't honestly look at governance forums, Reddit debates, GitHub, or even Dune dashboards, you know, as, as often as I would like to. Um, but I would never skip reading news in the morning, um, checking crypto Twitter and, and kind of my dose of, of daily newsletters that I read every, every morning. So those are the things that are crucial uh, for me because it makes it easier for me to do my job and do my job well. Um, you know, those resources help me 
spot what conversations are being had and and how to use them in in my client's advantage. Uh, you know, I, I look at Twitter and, and see interesting conversation and I can pretty easily tell whether that's going to kind of trickle down to media, will that become a story or other way around. When I see a headline, I, I check conversations on Twitter, on Discords and Telegrams and see if like how community is reacting, what is what is the vibe and like whether or not there's going to be, you know, an interesting debate or whether that topic is going to escalate to something that will become a, uh, a, a short news cycle or, or a narrative that is kind of, mm. um, you know, worthwhile jumping on uh, from some client's perspective. Um, so those are the kind of the golden rules for me. But I would also say, you know, working in, at the agency, like certainly, for example, and I'm, I bet it's the same for Market Across, it's great to have a, that you know, network of people who are just enthusiasts and working across the different accounts and 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 diversity of, of different clients. And it's good, great to have that network to exchange ideas and and you know, people will always catch different things based on their interests, based on the things that they are working on. Um, so I think that also helps to to have a people around you who are always talking about what's going on and are just generally excited about the space. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a big help indeed. Um, and now maybe a question for you for early stage projects because like with the Poolside Accelerator program, what we do is we we help early stage projects around MVP uh, with a lot of different things, and and one of the things is connecting them with mentors like like both of you. Um, what is what is your advice like creating an effective marketing and PR strategy for an early really early stage? A project without, let's say, without much budget. How how would you see that enough? I think um, you know that, that's a really good question. I think it's a it's a problem for for virtually any startup, not not just in crypto, but uh, but in general, like how to stand stand apart from the crowd and uh, how how to build uh, everything. Um, for early stage project, I would I would first actually uh, say that. Um, you have to maximize your internal resources, meaning um, you, you, should, you should first build a team, like your own team, maybe hire like a really good CMO or a VP marketing uh, instead of outs outsourcing everything. And uh, I'll get to outsourcing in a moment, which is kind of like using Chainwire or, or, or Serotonin or, or Market Across or whatnot. But uh, I think the basis should be uh, to rely on, on your team to... Uh, especially when when funding is tight, to you know build the actual strategy um, and see what you can execute internally, uh, and then start ramping up uh, from that. So kind of like um, you know once a, once a strong marketing figure joins the company and and can kind of like lead lead the the, the marketing uh, uh, initiative and budget things effective, effectively, then you can start talking about tools. You can start talking about agencies and agencies um, can really help you scale your efforts because at the end of the day, let's say an agency like Serotonin or Market Across has a lot of relationships, right, with uh, the top journalists and the top editors. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean doesn't mean that um, we can get anything to, to publish uh, or to go live, but it means we have good tips on how to approach them and how, what kind, kind of a story to craft and what's the narrative. Um, but that that comes at a, a later stage, or when the company is more well funded, when when you want to experience experience really rapid growth. The other thing that I will say is, 
Um, the reason actually why we made Chainwire specifically was because we, we saw a gap in the market in the sense that, um, you know, lots of newswires and maybe maybe just like one sentence about newswires. Newswire is like a, a PR platform that helps agencies to uh, distribute news announcements on behalf of their clients or, or you know, the, the client itself could use use such outlet, uh, such platform. And And these platforms are a way to reach publications like Bloomberg, Yale Finance and stuff like that. Um, but actually, these platforms don't have crypto distribution at all. And the publications that you end up getting are not on the homepage. So what we've done actually is creating such a PR platform. And I'm, I'm leading that right now. And basically, we have integrated a lot of the crypto sites to our platform where you can, with a very small budget, which is you know better suited for um, uh, uh, early stage projects that got minimal funding, you can reach very, uh, very good outlets without spending too much and without the need of an agency. Um, and it's a great tool also for agencies to get more results for their clients. But for early stage projects, I would first build internally whatever I can, and then I would hire a really good agency to manage my media. Um, by the way, this could be also a paid ag- agency for PPC. You know, we're talking about PR, but there's also yeah. like paid and there's owned. And then I would supplement with tools and uh, grow the team. Um, no. Nice. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, very very interesting. I think that's really really good advice. And and by the way, like for for people that are building and that are in the poolside community, we have um, discounts to test the Chainwire platform. So don't hesitate to reach out uh, to us for that. Martina, I remember we saw each other in Paris a few weeks ago, Ethereum uh, conference there, and we were talking about how difficult it can be for a, a Web three project to talk to a Web3 audience, so Web3 natives, where you have to be like the DGen and use the DGen slang. Uh, but if you also want to onboard newcomers, you want to be accessible to, to everyone. How difficult is it to find that balance and, and how difficult is it to explain that to teams to be balanced and not too much on the DGen side? Or, or any other advice, like if you say, no, they need to be on the DGen side and, and collect those first, uh, what would you say? Yeah, um, I guess uh, there are two challenges. Um, the, the first challenge or the first issue is that um, usually the early stage projects aren't able to narrow down their projects USPs, uh, which means they can't effectively prioritize their audience group. And that means um, capturing attention is, is very difficult from the outset, right? The second challenge is um, at least what I see is that is, is understanding who those newcomers are. So you said, you know, how to, how to, how do we target newcomers? Um, you need to kind of really kind of dig deeper and, and understand like, who are we call, calling those, those newcomers? Who are those people? Um, if they're entering the space via your product, what is um, the experience that we want to, what we want them to have, right? Um, so project, I uh, will give you an example, uh, companies that come to us often say we're trying to reach non-technical audience, but that person could be someone who works at, you know, traditional VC fund, someone from the marketing team at the competitor um, company or someone like me, 
or someone like my mom and dad, right? All of those people that I just mentioned are literally non-technical audience. Um, so you have to really start with identifying that audience clearly. And from there, you can um, leverage a, a powerful storytelling techniques, um, which is essentially finding or building a relatable examples uh, for each of those um, non-technical groups. Um, so um, what I can tell you is that at, at certain we put a lot of emphasis on, on, on that and we, we carefully crafting uh, messages per audience groups um, because otherwise it's, it's a hit and miss. And, you know, the more obvious advice I can give to, to literally anyone is, is to never assume knowledge, um, avoid jargon, um, you know, use visuals uh, to your advantage, anecdotes, literally anything that would help you translate what you do into a different context, into a context that those audiences are, um, are going to easy, easy understand. Yeah, totally makes sense. So it's not technical versus non-technical audience, like way more. It's not, not just like two big segments. It's, it's segments within segments and, and detecting those. Are you a Web3 founder looking for relevant mentorships and funding opportunities? Say hello to Poolside Accelerator, a 12-week dedicated program empowering founders to build, launch, and scale in the Web3 space. What to expect from the Accelerator? Support from tokenomics, business, marketing strategy, product development, and community building. Up to $100,000 in initial funding and access to follow-on capital. Demo days with mentors and investors. Eight days at the Poolside Hub in Lisbon with daily sessions. One-on-one -on -one meetings with potential stakeholders. And selected mentorships from founders and entrepreneurs in the Web3 space. But who can apply? Any Web3 team with a great idea and preferably an MVP. The industry you operate in is not a factor. We accept applications across all sectors. For more information and to submit your application, head over to poolside.co. Now, love, you said something really interesting on, on, on like budget and and um, and having solutions for for smaller budgets. How and again on like what to have ex internal and external. What is a what is an, 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 a basic budget you would say for for a team to outsource things to a PR and marketing agency? Um, what kind of budget is yeah minimum needed to uh, to yeah, boost this? So uh, I guess, you know, each agency charges something a bit different, but uh, I think that the top in the space would uh, definitely charge more than more or something in the vicinity of 10K per month. And uh, it could range between 10, 15, maybe maybe 20K. Um, and for an early stage project, it's, it's a bit hard to, you know, to digest. Um, but I do think there's a lot of value to it. Um, once, once the funds, once, once there is enough runway and funds and, uh, you know, the company is well funded and needs to scale quickly and needs, needs to start telling their story and build a brand. Um, I think, uh, if there's, let's say 10 K and above, it could yield good results from that, from that point onwards. Um, I will say that, you know, again, um, Marketing is a very, you know, it's a holistic, very wide thing. So we're just speaking in the prism of, of PR. But, uh, you know, you shouldn't also hire a PR agency uh, before you have experimented a little bit with maybe, I mean, 
not I mean you could hire a PR agency but you also need to experiment a little bit with ads you also need um, to budget your year um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I think uh, I think it's necessary also when you reach a certain size you don't actually want to do everything internally because you need to rely on professionals that, that know how to get it done and have the relationships mm-hmm. um, so gradual building is is cool unless you've like raised a lot of money and uh, you are completely ready to explode and uh, you know you're maybe launching a mainnet or a token and then you really do need an agency perhaps to <laughs> in some cases um, some agencies specialize in PR some agencies specialize in community and paid advertising um, yeah and with chainwire it's like a, it's not it's like a software that, that you can just use on demand so you you can actually pick the budget yourself kind of I mean, yeah. there's there's budgets for very big campaigns and budgets for very small campaigns, and uh, the yeah, you know it's it's a fluid well. thing. Yeah, and testing testing on on, yeah. on chainware as well. What what narratives uh, get traction and and which one uh, don't? Um, and what you said earlier as well is having that internal say CMO or head of marketing or somebody internally that understands the project and brand really well, and that then can translate or be the connection with the with the PR agency or marketing agency. Um, Martina, for you, like internal versus external teams, what's like the sweet spot you've seen with a with early stage mm. and then mid-stage projects? Yeah, I think, you know, the benefits of having agency are very clear. Um, I think Nadav has touched on that, right? You effectively, effectively if you work with agency, you have an army of experts that look after your brand and our extension to your team. And um, what I mean by that is that aside from, you know, skill set and experience, working with PR and marketing agencies means you will benefit from an incredible network that's a lot bigger than what you are able to grow as a smaller in-house team. And that's just, a, you know, a numbers game. Um, I'll give you an example. Depending on your budget, you probably have a dedicated team of two or three PR people working on your account. But those two people are part of like 20 something strong Sarah PR function. And each of us speaks to media every day and work closely together to, to deliver, um, uh, to deliver like the best results. So you literally have an army behind you. Um, having said that, uh, PR or marketing can't magically promote a product or business and sustain interest without uh, an upfront deep dive into messaging, um, company direction, voice, and and the audiences that we just talked about, right? Um, So if you don't have that as a startup, if you don't have that nailed down, you either have to do that work in-house or get an agency to supercharge this process. In both cases, it's an investment and it's a collaborative effort that can't honestly happen in silo and it's not something you can fully outsource. Um, So the question to ask yourself is, do we have the right talent skill sets to handle this internally or do we need external help? Mm -hmm. And if it's the latter, um, you know, are we ready? Are we ready to make that both financial and and time investment? Um, You know, because if you're going to invest in PR, do it do it right, uh, look at the PR investment as a kind of long-term investment in the business. 
Um, and on timing, I guess, ask yourself if you are in a place now where that investment will, will, uh, will take root. Um, so how much time, commitment uh, you can give to the partner that you are choosing to, um, to work with? Because again, it's, it has to be collaborative process and it's not something easily done in silo um, when you just like give your agency a budget and you leave them with it, right? We need spokespeople, we need insights, we need alignment, we need to look at your communities and, and, and all of those things are very important to, to create a very comprehensive strategy. And I think Nadav um, made a really good point about like, yeah, having that, um, uh, you know, internal setup to be able to um, manage your, your, your PR agency or your partner and uh, for the best results. Yeah, completely agree. Also, often advice like other marketeers in space, like, I know that, that, that you guys with your agency, you have so much experience having seen so much things in Web3 that you understand space really well and that you know like what narrative is different, what positioning is different and what angles you can leverage. Um, and also often say like if you want to reach or achieve thought leadership on a specific topic, then it's a long-term game. You, you really, you can't do it. You can't build it over uh, two months. You really have to be there, out there, comment on a lot of things, um, be on a lot of panels, podcasts, and really before you're seen as an expert in a, in a specific field. And indeed, if you can't, if you can't come up with that narrative internally with your internal team, then, um, I know from discussions I had with, uh, with people like, like, like you or at your companies that, uh, it's, it's a big help even like to ping pong, uh, IDs with you. Um, coming closely to uh, to an end, that there, there's last topic or question that I want to ask, maybe a, a more difficult one. So Nadav, you can go first. Um, but it's more about future trends. Um, the Web3 space has always been a space with short cycle uh, news, but also narratives and the narrative game. Is there any narrative that you see developing right now or any trend, um, even bigger trend? like? A community trend or or something that you uh, that you've seen that could help uh, yeah early stage marketeers well that that is indeed a hard one um, <laughs> I have to be I have to be honest I, I didn't uh, for example predict the, the NFT tra uh, trend uh, I remember when our first client actually on chainwire has you know distributed a, a press release that that had like we're, we're an NFT project and then, you know, he used words like mint and stuff that I think that was like two and a half, three years ago, maybe even more. And, you know, I, I looked at it with an editor and, and like we asked, asked him like, is this like, how is this even blockchain? You know, we, we, we didn't know what NFT was. That was a long, long time ago. It was one of the first. So, um, yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I, I didn't really find anything I'm curious to hear also your uh, uh, answer, Martina, but I haven't stumbled recently upon uh, a trend that I've never seen before, not, 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 not yet at least. Um, but I will say that personally, for me specifically, um, I do think DeFi is definitely here to stay. I see, you know, immense value uh, for DeFi and... Um, you know, blockchain, the tech in general, but specifically if I really like the space and I don't see it going anywhere, going anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, if, if if you find something, let me know also, because <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't uh, I don't have a a, a, magic, a magic trick to kind of yeah. like uh, yeah figure out what's the next one. But uh, I'm curious to see. I'm I'm betting it it's something to do maybe with regulation also. It's a very hot topic uh, right now, and uh, yeah, no one knows what will happen with the SEC with the Europe regulation. It's uh, yeah. everyone is kind of waiting to see what's happening. Yeah. Um, For sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to hear Martina also on this one. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. Hey, I, I would say, you know, in terms of trends, uh, institutional money entering the space will be a big force. Um, I think the next wave of mainstream users on board via products like PayPal Stablecoin or Monarium's on chain fiat and then Gnosis Pay Visa card, um, another big one um, that will probably um, uh, set the precedent. Um, and one that isn't going away, uh, everyone's favorite, uh, and will have a big impact on every company in this space is definitely uh, what you guys said, evolving regula- regulation landscape mm-hmm. across the world. Um, I think all marketers should be sitting with CEO, CEOs or, or internal legal experts if they have them to really understand companies' position on regulation and explore different scenarios. Um, because once you have that alignment on what is your stance, then would then that would kind of inform, you know, how, when, how frequent, or if you should be communicating that externally, and and what tactics to utilize to do it to do it effectively. So I would definitely encourage everyone to like get their ducks in a row because we we will be talking about regulations all the time, and I don't believe there is any um, any company within a, within a web free space that can afford to not have a you know a plan of action when someone asks about specific things mm-hmm. uh in terms of how they are regulated or how they operating or how legally is discovered or that so <clears throat> that would be my advice yeah. um and then something something to add sorry martina like is okay. is also maybe maybe you've maybe you've seen it a lot in your clients uh, but cbdc's and uh and uh, GBDCs, so like government, uh, government-backed uh, uh, cryptocurrencies and digital coins, yeah. and also central bank ones. So this is another thing that I forgot to mention. I have been seeing a lot of chatter about this, and uh, a lot of projects want to, um, you know, do 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 things with, uh, as Martina said, also stable coins and stuff like that. So I'm not even saying if it's good or bad for the industry. I'm just saying it's a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, probably you're seeing it too, Martina, with some of your clients. I, I bet. Mm. Yeah, I think you know another thing to say that's that's really important because like CBDC is like, honestly, don't get me started. But I I feel like you know <laughs> the web free space is, is known for rapid hype cycles. So maintaining a balanced communication strategy that avoids overhyping while still kind of generating interest is is important, right? Especially in those like in those moments where we have mainstream journalists jumping on like CBDCs and that's all they want to talk about where, you know, being in this industry where we know that's not probably what crypto had in mind, where uh, crypto creators had in mind when they created public open blockchain, right? So we need to remember that during those hype cycles, we got a lot of more attention from mainstream media. So it's important that we recognize that there is a level of education that needs to happen and be very very conscious of how as a brand we want to show up contribute to wider industry debate so question to ask yourself is 
am I fueling unproductive conversation or am I educating and contributing in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. So I would say for companies, CMOs that are listening to this podcast, you know, be careful when you're selecting what opportunities, press requests you're jumping on in the bull market, there's going to be, there might be requests like landing on your laps, right? Does this journalist have a track record of delivering great stories? Is this topic or this angle relevant or can this be spreading fad, speculation, um, and lastly, like, how does this position me or my company? Um, can we add relevant spin to this? Or is this like, who else is quoted? Uh, who else is going to be quoted in this story is also kind of good indication in terms of like, is this journalist like talking to the right people for this topic? Or is he talking to some like, you know, we all know those like groups of celebrities and influencers that are not necessarily should be, shouldn't like be getting the spotlight, right? So I think those are, those are the things that is, is you know important to remember as we are hopefully <laughs> entering the um the the next like um cycle yeah. and um hopefully it's it's a it's a it's a bull market yeah hopefully yes and and completely agree again on the regulation part personally i, I never was fan of of like learning those things on regulation and understanding how how governments and sec looked at stuff but Indeed, those questions come and you really need to know how your company or project is positioned against that. And you need to be able, even as a marketeer, to answer those questions. Um, so that's yeah, that's a big change that happened to me in the last uh, six months, I'd say. And I also expect that this will be more uh, and more, uh, that we will get more and more of those uh, questions exactly. All right, I'm going to wrap it up and then um, you can, yeah, you can, you can both shoot your last uh, piece of advice but um i wanted to say again like why we're doing this the poolside podcast is really a podcast for web3 builders so we will have many experts like martina and adaf um, talking about different topics uh, some topics will be more technical uh, this one is really good on on everything marketing and pr and yeah thank you so much martina and adaf and and guys listening to us um if if you want to get an intro Feel free to reach out directly, of course, but uh, we can also introduce you since uh, both Serotonin as Chainwire and also marketed across our partners of uh, Poolside. So yeah, uh, feel free to shoot. Any any last things that you want to add, uh, Martina and Adav? And, and thank you again for uh, for being here, of course. Um, no, from, from, from my side, uh, you know, always like speaking with professionals in the industry. Um, that goes to agencies, uh, builders, startups. We're always keen on uh, connecting and helping them grow. Um, I will say that, you know, our experience with uh, Poolside has been really good. And uh, to everyone listening and kind of like thinking about, you know, whether to join the the accelerator or uh, finding their, their, their partner, definitely worthwhile to have a conversation uh, with them. And yet, I mean, nothing really to add. Thanks for the opportunity, um, Jan, and uh, great uh, to meet you also, Martina. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me as well. Um, excited to be, you know, helping out with the accelerator um, as a, you know, PR marketing mentor. So if people have questions, I'm active on Twitter. You can you can slide into my DMs uh, and I'm sure Jan, you can, can also, um, uh, you know, uh, do any any interest so uh, and yeah love to compare notes with uh, with you Nadav and and the answer thanks again for having me and 
um, yeah, hope we can meet again in a bull market and, and see how our <laughs> predictions <laughs> turned out. <laughs> It may be in one week, it may be in two years, who knows? That's the beauty we'll of this industry one. also. Yeah. We'll plan we'll plan another PR in Web3. We, we should uh, do another podcast year. about bear versus yeah. bull market, uh bear, bear ah. versus, versus bull market uh, type of campaigns. That's that's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, no, that's also interesting. Well, thank you very much again for uh for this one and uh, I'll I'll tag you both when we uh, when we communicate about this uh this podcast. Thank you.